Hey, and welcome back to the Young Adults Podcast. I think last time we called this Table Talk. Is right. that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Table Talk. Joined yes. around the table. <laughs> I am joined by standing at six foot two, two forty, wearing a Run DMC shirt <laughs> and an Oakland Raiders hat. We have Paul Siemens. Hey, everybody. Paul is one of our... A little people. overestimating on both <laughs> counts there, height and weight, but... Do you know what? The, the way I see it is I don't, uh, I don't think you have to worry about your weight, you know, as long as you're not slow. That's kind of... <laughs> I never want to lose my speed. Are you talking need, football language? Yeah. It's good to see you here, Paul. You look fast. You're not talking Thanks. slow run, intelligence. Run no, DMC. <laughs> run DMC. T-shirt. And the so. place to be. Some 80s rap, folks. <laughs> nice. That's what it's all about. This is a Christmas gift, this shirt. Wow. And I'm not sitting in Paul's spot later. He's got his nose, like, stuck to the microphone. Oh, no. oh It's no, just smearing no, no. all over. It's just no, so bad. No. That voice you're hearing right there is <laughs> Thalia Swatsky. Who Hello, sits everyone. beside me in the office, too. <laughs> yes. Thankfully, you don't she rub your blessed. nose all over your computer and stuff. Where's <laughs> <laughs> the sanitizer? So, Thalia, you're also a pastor of I'm care not, here. I'm yep. not feeling cared for, Thalia. And uh, to my right. Hey guys, it's me, Tessa. Can <laughs> <laughs> you just do that one more time? Oh, I'll never, never live that one down. No, it's once you. was enough. It's me, Tessa. <laughs> hey, you have a, na- a massive uh, blanket scarf on. I sure do. I'm cold 100% of the time. So, what about summer? <laughs> um, I can even be cold. Yeah, if I'm out in the sun and then I go inside, uh-huh. my body temperature immediately drops. How about you, Daniel? You look like you're ready for a night out at the Roxbury. Oh yeah, I'm wearing my New Year's Eve shirt, which I oh, could yeah. use on a Monday. How many how many afternoon? unbuttoned buttons do we see here? I don't know. I see it. I think two. Hmm. He's ready hmm. to party. I'm ready to put this party is a pod. <laughs> it's a party podcast. That's what it is. Party. Hey guys, well thanks for being here. We today are going to be discussing another issue that we think would be helpful to the young adults, and we've brought in the uh, two of the care pastors here at the church to discuss with us and give us some insight. We basically want to have a conversation about burnout Mm. and uh, things that we see in college. I mean, I've gone through college and you you figure out, okay, um, I might burn out here, but then you find yourself, you make it through on the other side. Anyways, I think it'd be a good conversation for us to have. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of want to open up the floor and uh, just hear your guys' thoughts on this because you probably counsel people who go through burnout and whatnot. This can happen in jobs. This can happen just in personal lives and things. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's just begin talking about, uh, are we talking about burnout or is this busyness? Let's just open up the floor here with, uh, you know, busyness and stress. What is, what is normal? What are the expectations? So we probably should talk about two sides. The one side is the burnout side. We've seen people go through that with extreme, significant emotional and physical exhaustion, right, where you just feel like you can't take another step. You can't do another, um, step in your job. You're just drained. There's that side. And then there's the side where we're so worried about being burned out that we go towards the laziness side Mm -hmm. because we don't want to actually be stressed and, oh no, that's Mm going to be too much to handle. So maybe I just better stay home and watch more Netflix and play video games and just hang out because I wouldn't want to go near burnout. Mm. What do you see at young adults? Do you see burnout or laziness? Do you see those both sides? I don't know. Tessa? Um, I think I mostly encounter busyness. In my own life, I've seen both sides. Um, I can speak to that quickly. I, When I lived in England for two years, um, I was nannying and I worked really long days. And so um, by the time I got off work, I would just want to conserve all my energy. Um, so I spend a lot of time 
just relaxing and reading or watching Netflix or whatever. I would do other things and hang out with friends and, you know, do stuff on the weekends. But a lot of the time I was just worried about, um, being overtired. And so I lost out on a lot of community and a lot of things in that way. Um, but now I find myself at the other end of the spectrum and especially, um, church wise, I, you know, it's obviously we need to serve in our church and it's good to be involved. Um, but I think a lot of us often just look at our schedules, um, like time wise and we think, Oh, I can add another thing. I have, I have a slot here or I have a day here. I can add this. Um, but we don't, we don't often foresee how that will affect us and how, um, it's maybe more than just that time slot. Like youth is maybe more than just Thursday night. It's yeah. coffee with your students. It's emotional investment. It's, yeah. you know, theology classes, maybe more than just Thursday morning. Yeah. It's reading, it's prepping. So, um, I find myself at this point in life where I'm very busy and that can take its toll for sure. Yeah. And I hear that from a lot of my friends and a lot of people at young adults. Yeah. There's a lot of good things to be busy with. Mm, and sometimes mm-hmm. there are so many choices that we want to do them all. Yeah, Totally. And we feel like if we don't do them all, then we're missing out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And part of it is the cultural value of busyness. Like there's, you know, in my stage of life, there's a lot of moms that will say, oh, I'm so busy. And that's the mark of, well, you're mm. a good mom, then you're yeah. a good wife, you're a good servant in the church because you're so busy. Yeah. Or you're successful because obviously you're so busy. You have all yeah. these things that are taking up your time. Yeah. Mm. There are men in our church that have full-time jobs and families and they have things they do in the church to serve and they're so busy and we sort of have this badge of busyness we wear and it would be the same for young adults they go to school they work they're serving in the church and I'm so busy and we can all be so proud of the fact that we're so busy mm-hmm. yeah I talked actually talked with um, another dad who's a community group leader in our church uh, at our leadership breakfast the other day and we were talking about things and he, he was talking about this this kind of phenomenon about how everybody always like you ask them how you're doing oh man yeah I'm busy yeah and and how he and a couple of other guys actually said when we ask each other how we're doing we're going to actually refrain we're we are not allowed to say busy yeah we, we have let's just talk about actually how we are doing how uh, how is our how are our hearts doing how how is how are our lives how are our marriages how are our jobs you know uh, and how how are things actually going rather than just giving it this coverall term which kind of justifies um whatever you're up to or whatever you're mm-hmm. thinking or saying like well i'm i'm so busy so therefore that excuses me when i you know forget to respond to people or mm-hmm. what yeah. i mean whatever you want to call it if you want to blow people's minds then when you're running an errand or you're here at church or somewhere all you have to do is say, I have time. People will say, oh, Thalia, you're so busy. I'm sure you can't meet with me. Or we're at Save on Foods. And, oh, I'm, so, I'm sure you're so busy you're running off. Like, I, I just don't want to take much of your time. I'm, I'm standing there with my Tim Hortons going, I have time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can talk mm-hmm. for five or ten minutes. That's no problem. Yeah. Then they, they don't know what to do with that. Yeah. And cashiers don't know what to do with that. If you say, oh, it's not a problem that, you know, it's been delayed because of this or that. Like, I have time. Yeah. Because right. it's so rare to it's hear so that. Rare. Like, every, yeah, it's so true. Every conversation you ask someone how they're doing and that answer is I'm busy. Yeah. And when, when they don't say that you almost have this little bit of judgment, like, well, yeah. why aren't you busy? Yeah. And I, I do the same thing. I, my response is I'm busy. And I'm just like, we just have this label over our yeah. lives and it's, it's starting to define us, which yeah. I really don't like. It makes us feel proud of ourselves. It makes us feel like we fit in. Yeah. 
It makes us feel like we have something purposeful to be doing all the time because mm-hmm. we're busy. That's this blanket statement. Mm-hmm. When I think of busyness, I, I always think, so this is where I, I'm kind of cynical on this subject, and I think we'll get into this a little bit later. Sure. But it's around time management because yeah. when I hear people, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm thinking, well, you're not prioritizing things yet. Hmm. And so in my mind, um, you know, if someone says, hey, like, are you available to meet at this time? I'm always, okay, yeah, I can make time for that. Right. And uh, and then if you make it a priority, you begin to build things around it. Right. And so, yes, okay, I have this thing at 6 p.m. I have another thing at 8 p.m. I can meet you in between. Yeah. Does that sound good? And I think you can build time into it and just expect that you're going to be, yeah, it's just going to be busy, but you can do it. Yeah. Um, and so my thing is, is when people are like, well, I have just too much homework going on. I can't make it to community group. I'm yeah. thinking, well, why haven't you prioritized that? Yeah. If it mattered to you, you know, you could build, you could study before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe take a, like a two and a half hour break when you go to community yeah. group, hit a little bit of studying after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I realize uh, that people have school, people have work. Yeah. Um, but I was talking, there's one girl in my community group who works two or three jobs. Yeah. Is going to school full time, mm-hmm. uh, serves at high school youth on worship teams. She does yeah. tons and I'll ask her and she'll say, you just got to prioritize things. You yeah. always have time. And so I find myself kind of cynical. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times uh, we are very busy, but we're not as busy as we like to think we are. And we waste a lot of time. Well, we have to think about exactly Mm -hmm. what are we spending our time Mm -hmm. on? Because I know that I love to read, so I always make time to read. It's a given. And I like some Netflix shows. I will make time to watch TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's other things I've chosen that I don't want to make time for. So I'm not on Facebook very often. So I don't mm-hmm. want to make time for Facebook. Yeah. So it's more a question of what are you making time for? Mm-hmm. You know, and what can you cut out? Like you said, what can you reprioritize? Because we, we know that we make time for the things that are most valuable to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do we need to change our values? Yeah, maybe we do. Yeah. And I know that we should go back to the burnout for a second. It is real. Mm. People do hit burnout where they get severely physically and emotionally exhausted because they've been carrying burdens, very heavy burdens for a long period of time. And we have to recognize that it is real. It is possible to hit burnout. Mm -hmm. And then you should get help. Like even if you feel like you're sliding towards that, if you're starting to feel really irritable and really tired and the joy is lacking from your life and you can hardly put one foot in front of the other and you're crying a lot or angry a lot or headaches and stomach aches, if you're dealing with some of these kinds of symptoms, you should talk to someone because maybe they can help you realign your priorities. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it means just saying no to one thing in your life so you have a little bit of time to rest and relax Mm. because our bodies are limited. There's really only so much we can do. We do actually have to sleep and we do actually have to eat and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So it's not good to just fill up every moment. Mm. Here's a... Tessa, go ahead. I mean, I was just... The thought I have is um, I definitely agree that we can be better at managing our time and prioritizing things. And, you know, we'd probably be less busy if we scrolled through Instagram less, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. But just from like I'm realizing lately what an introvert I am and how um, exhausting it can be to be around people all the time. So while I can like. And I'm quite, I like being productive. And so while I can prioritize my time really well, sometimes it's just like too much to you know, fill all those spaces and, yeah. and line things up one after another, because yeah. at the end of the week, I just like, I can't do it. Yeah. I have got to crash and burn. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what works for me and realizing that I need it. Like I need spaces yes. to rest and, yeah. um, 
and I can you, you can still prioritize your time well, but just realizing that it's going to it's going to look different for different people. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of the journey of growing up. Mm. Like you think of teenagers and as they get older and they learn to drive and they start to do things outside of high school, you have to learn what your capacity is. Mm -hmm. You have to learn what can you take on. Can you take on a full course load and a full time job Mm -hmm. and be helping at church? Many people can. Some people can't. And so you have to learn what can you handle. And that's often trial and error. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you hit each stage of life after that and it changes. So it's almost like what I ask people to do is consider each ministry year separate. So, okay, Mm. put some things in place for this ministry year, whether it's serving at church and school and work and things like that. But it might need to be different next year. If your job, you know, challenges change, you might need to change something. If your parents all of a sudden get into an accident and they're in the hospital more and you need to help at home, your priorities need to change. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that you can decide for life. This is my Mm -hmm. capacity and keep going. You have to reevaluate that constantly because it changes. Yeah. Yeah. So Tessa, do you prioritize times of rest then as well? I try to, but a lot of times I find it's like an afterthought when I realize that I've gone too far and hit a wall. And then I just like, I find myself kind of um, running away. But like even on days, so for example, on Thursdays, I have theology class at six in the morning and then work and then youth. Um, and it, I find it really helps me if I can arrange my week so that I have a little bit of time in the afternoon to go yep. home and just be in in Quiet. solitude, yeah. make a meal, you know, something like that. And yeah. then I can come back to youth and be refreshed. Otherwise, yeah. I'm just a zombie. Yeah. I've been with people all day and yeah. I'm, I'm not serving the kids or the church well. Yeah. So um, I so, try to prioritize those things, but sometimes it comes as an afterthought like, oh, I've done too much. I can't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's normal. Mm-hmm totally trial and error. Yeah, it's totally. like, oh, this week I packed it too full. Yeah. Okay, well, next week I can lighten it a little bit. Totally. Oh, I probably shouldn't make that mistake again. Mm-hmm. But we do because we're people. We're yeah, never going to sure. get it totally right. Like I hate that word balance. It's such mm-hmm. a pet peeve for me because mm-hmm. yeah. we yeah. cannot have our life in balance. It's like mm-hmm. one of those wobbly boards at the gym and you try to keep it balanced, but you fall <laughs> off on one side or the other. Like it really should be more, you think of your week or you think of a month. And over that time period, you know, can you eat and exercise and be with some friends and be involved in some kind of Christian service and be learning and growing spiritually sort of over all that time. But some weeks are just crazy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And some weeks you're sick and you can't do anything. So if you try to keep every day a balance, you're just going to fail. So just give that up and just kind (laughs) of think of it longer time. Let's just get rid of that stupid word balance. Yeah. Yeah. Avoid the disappointment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd be curious. So here's something I was talking with Andy and he was, I guess, saying with a, a ministry context that he's noticed, but maybe it's even beyond in the, some of the people you counsel. He'll say a lot of times he'll notice burnout, not when people are very, very, very busy, but when they're asked to do something that they're not actually really gifted in yeah. mm. or really have any interest in. Yeah. Right. So when you're, when it's super busy, but you're doing yeah. what you love and, yeah. and you're like, okay, this is like a 60 hour week for me yeah. and at work, but I'm having fun. I'm, I'm, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy yeah. the people. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing. I, I, I can, okay, I can't do that every week, yeah. but during that time, it's totally fine. But he said, he's noticed that, you know, busyness is going to be a part of life. Yes. You're going to be mm. busy. Yes. There's going to be moments that have heightened stress. Yeah. But if you're doing things that you're not really that good at and maybe you know that and there's a lot being asked of you 
Are those the things in your, yeah. you know, understanding so, that those are the ones maybe you should be cutting out and letting people know, hey, this is going to send me towards ruin? So I'll give you a personal example. Mm-hmm. So when my kids were younger, starting at, well, kindergarten, I think, I started teaching in kids ministry because they needed people to teach in kids ministry. And my kids were there, so it was important that I help out. But that does not give me energy. Mm-hmm. I can do a really great job. And I was a really good teacher and I cared for those kids and I served our church and it was really important. But I would come home on Saturday nights because I served every other Saturday night, just a mess, Mm. like irritated, angry, no patience, so difficult. And one time I was just terrible. And my kids said to me, they said, you know, dad has an orchard of patience. You only have a bush. (laughs) I was like, yeah. And my leaves are falling off. (laughs) Like it was just, it took everything out of me to teach in kids ministry. Mm. And yet people are so amazed that I like working with muck. Like the things that are difficult, challenging, hard. I'm like, get, bring it on. Like, come and meet with me about your muck. I can do a lot more of that. And I'm energized and I love my work and I'm thankful to God. And I, I could just go on and on. But kids ministry is really not where I should be serving long term because it, it's not where I am refreshed and re-energized. Mm. Mm-hmm. So not everybody should be serving in a particular ministry. You might have to try a few yeah. before you find something that gives you more strength. But that being said, there are places we need to serve simply because it needs to be done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a leadership yeah. breakfast this past Saturday and I came early, like 7.30 in the morning, because there were things that needed to be done. Not because I particularly like doing those setup things, mm. but too bad. We're part of the church. Let's go. Yeah. I can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, yeah, some of that I agree with, but there's some of that where I have to... Um, poke at me a bit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Poke uh, at me. <laughs> not just at you, obviously, but just at the idea that... Um, I, I mean, I'm glad you said at the end there, sometimes there's things that just have to be done. Yep, so, for, sure. for instance, if you pick on children's ministry again at our church, we've got, you know, on a weekend, what, 800 kids that come through there. And some weekends, there's times where they have to close certain grades off because yep. there aren't enough teachers. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of people saying, oh, well, I have my kids all week or you get seniors who say, oh, I had my day doing yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I did that in the past. I don't need to do that anymore and things. But but your church needs you. Yeah. Hmm. Your church needs you to step up yeah. and to help out in this area. And I'm so glad when I see like young adults step up in there. I know a number of young adults who have stepped up and served in kids ministry and they're, they're in there. And some of them, it's not like they even love being with little kids that much, but they're doing it because they know the church yeah. needs it. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, honestly, when, when we were in, we were talking about church planting at seminary one point, and our professor was saying, um, don't put people into jobs that are always just what their giftings are. Sometimes put them in jobs where their giftings aren't, mm-hmm. or where they don't have gifts, or what appear to be their gifts. Because in those situations, if they're going to do their job well, they need to put more reliance on the Lord than they do in this, in the things where they're ultra gifted. Right. So sometimes you have somebody that's an, that's a super gifted speaker and it's really easy for them to get up and speak to, uh, speak to a class or to a congregation or, or, um, in whatever, whatever situation you look at, we get a number of those kind of teaching opportunities, but for that person to, do a one-on-one meeting, it might be tougher. But in those situations, they need to actually do more, have more prayer and be more, mm-hmm. more giving, like praying about this situation and saying, Lord, I need you to help me here because I don't, and that, because I just don't have the, 
the natural gifts to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the Lord shows up and and gives you the strength you need and mm-hmm. gives you the ability you need in that time to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so while, yes, I think you do need to use your giftings, um, also don't look at situations where you would say, oh, I'm not gifted in that, and just automatically say no. Look, does, does somebody actually need that? Yeah, it might take some energy from me, but you know what? I, I will pray my way through it, and I will serve uh, with a happy heart. Yeah, when sometimes when people serve in a role, they don't even realize that it actually works for them. So our son Carter served mm-hmm. in preschool ministry day camps a few years ago when he was like grade, grade 11. First day, he hated it. I had made him do it because they needed people to be in preschool and he had time. So I said, you need to serve in preschool. He hated the first day. He said, they just cry for their mom. He came back the second day and fell in love with preschoolers mm. and served in preschool yep. for a number of years after that because he really liked preschoolers. So mm-hmm. sometimes we just have to step up. And that's same with when you're talking, Tessa, about adding things into your schedule. Sometimes you just need to add something in and say, you know what, I'll give it a try for mm-hmm. six months. Yeah. And if it's really not working well, I can say no thank you at the end of it, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a bit of a boundaries discussion. Yeah. 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 I think that's an interesting issue is because sometimes we agree to these things um, and we maybe it's not working out or maybe it's too much, but we feel guilty yeah. or like responsible or whatever. Yeah. And then we end up kind of just trudging our way through it. So yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts there. Well, you want to give it a commitment, a certain t- period of time. Like if you commit to leading youth for the ministry year, great, then step in and do mm-hmm. it with your whole heart, even if it isn't your natural gifting. Yeah. But at the end of the year, you can say, I'm so sorry. I don't think this is a great fit for me. And maybe the next year you try mm-hmm. sound or tech or mm-hmm. ushering or something like that. Like yeah. it's not a failure. It's, it's important to try things out, but to do it with our whole energy and strength in God's honor and glory. Like mm-hmm. we're doing it with his help. Mm-hmm. We're trying things out. But it's okay to try something and then just say, no, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good for some people to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same for schooling, right? Mm-hmm. Burnout can be the situation where you take a full school load and you're going to work and you're serving at church. But you may decide, you know what, that's too much. So you can cut by by a course or you can cut back by a shift or two at work or you can decide I'm only going to serve once a month for this year and not every week. Like there's things you can do and it's not a failure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's actually setting you up for more success and longer sustained success. And it it helps to tell people that we are not the savior. Mm -hmm. Like we can have a savior complex where, well, I need to do it and I need to be involved. Otherwise it's all going to fail and we need people to step up, which is true, but we are actually supposed to be a team. Mm. So in our Mm. care ministry, for example, we would love to run all kinds of courses, but if we don't have the volunteers, then we don't run the courses because Mm -hmm. Paul and Vic and I can't do everything or we'll just be a mess. Yeah. So sometimes you just simply can't do it if you don't have the people to do it. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've often said, you know, about learning to kindly and respectfully disappoint others. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to share on that a bit? Yeah, I talk to a lot of young adults, and I think a huge part of what you have to learn to do when you start to be like 16, 17, 18, is you start to need to be able to say, I'm so sorry, no thank you, I can't do that. And it needs to continue for your whole life. And we need to kindly and respectfully disappoint others. And we need to be gracious when people say no thank you to us mm-hmm. because we just can't do everything or be everywhere. So a lot of young adults have like multiple things on a Friday night they can go to. Well, you do eventually have to choose something. And to the others, you have to say, I'm so sorry, I can't be there this week. Mm-hmm. That's OK. Like, it's OK to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of it's image, right? Mm. Yeah. Like you want 
you want people to see you as in a certain way and you don't want to let people down and you, mm-hmm. you, you have your, your, you know, hundred closest friends that you, <laughs> and I'm, I'm saying that's a joke, right? Like 1300 closest friends. Right. Exactly. Right. Like, like you can't, you can't, you can't fulfill that many people's expectations. No. Yeah. Uh, if, if, um, I mean, I think of a friend we have, uh, who lives in New York city, who, who has many, friends and she just she's constantly and she's not married she's single and everything but but she is out and at I mean you look on Facebook I mean just different parties and different things with work people and church people and family and this and that and traveling here and going to the play and going to a movie and it's and now when you when you say she's busy yeah she is like Hmm. she's crazy busy but She's trying, and from talking with her, we know that she's trying so hard to fit in with so many different people. And uh, there's just not a, this, this idea of, of being at rest, um, which we're going to get into a little bit, talking about being able to rest in your identity of who you are in Christ and not, and not putting so much into how other people see you and what their, and their image of you. And it's okay to, to not meet the expectations of everybody that you know, because mm-hmm. you're never going to be able to do that. Can I add a little bit to that? Yeah. So one thing I find here with young adults is that many of the people who come to our church have skills and abilities of all different kinds. And so, of course, we as staff are trained to recognize that in others, and it's very normal for us to say, hey, I see this in you. Would you consider serving here or volunteering there or mm-hmm. coming to help at this event? And it happens at Trinity. It happens at MEI, at CBC. They recognize the skills and abilities of the people that attend their schools, and they ask them all the time, could you do this or that or the other thing? So what I would say to the people who are listening to this is just because someone sees something amazing in you and they want you to serve, you don't have to say yes. You can say, thank you so much for considering me. I need a little bit of time to think about that. You can get more information on that particular thing. You can meet with people to research it a bit and you can still eventually say, no, I'm so sorry. I can't do that this year. Mm -hmm. Just because someone asks you does not mean you have to say yes. But I would encourage you to consider it because you never know if it might be something that would be really good for you because someone has seen something in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And for some of you um, young adults, if you know people, say you look at people that are a couple of stages in life ahead of you and you just notice they're really, they're happy, they're relaxed. You see them at church, you see them, they've got a good family, they've got, right, everything's Everything just seems to be, they seem to be at rest. They seem to be at peace with life. You see them serve in the church and just every, they seem they might be busy, but they're really good. Like talk to them, go approach them and say, hey, can I talk to you just about life Mm. and find out like you really seem to have good stuff going on. Like, can we, can we just talk about what it, what it looks like for you to, um, to have to run your life in a godly way um, and still be at peace. How do you serve as much as you do yet still have so much joy? That kind of thing. Like, and don't be scared to approach guys that you see, um, because a lot of us are willing to talk. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. true. So, what does it mean to rest? Yeah, when that's we a good talk question. about that. Let's just enter into that sphere. Okay, that's so a good you- question because it doesn't mean just sleeping. <laughs> Although right. naps are good, I think. <laughs> so rest is different for each person because what rejuvenates you is more the question. So some people are rejuvenated by working on their cars or going for a run or doing a particular hobby. 
other people are actually rejuvenated by rest and solitude and hiking and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's more a matter of learning about yourself. What refreshes you? Mm. And that should be a variety of things. So it should be a sort of a holistic refreshing. So what refreshes you physically? What refreshes you emotionally? What refreshes you socially and spiritually? So you need to, you know, we need refreshment as Christians is part of that is prayer and Bible reading and being in church. Part of refreshment is physically taking care of our bodies and eating and sleeping and exercising and then going to the doctor and things. We do need to take care of ourselves. Refreshing emotionally can be like hobbies and reading or playing guitar or listening to worship music or, you know, an exercising thing. You know, you loved sports and football, Daniel. And I'm sure that was refreshing at times for you. Yeah, it was at times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. The thing that I found super refreshing to me uh, in college, it was like what I would do is, you know, you go into exam week and it's crazy and it's intense and you're just, you know, going uh, from exam to exam and you're just spending a lot of time in the library, a lot of reading, studying. Yeah. I would often fly home because I was going from school yeah. uh, to school in Chicago. I would fly home and not really tell everyone I was back, Yeah, you know, because people, oh, come say hi. Uh-huh. You haven't seen him in four or five months. And that was the last thing I wanted to do. So I wouldn't tell people I, would, I was back. Uh, just I very slowly kind of let them know. Yeah. And uh, what I would do is I would maybe throw on a podcast or some music and I would bust out the old uh, Lego sets. Yeah. And I would just build Lego. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that was for me just so relaxing because you are, um, and I still do this now, where, uh, you know, you, you basically, uh, you have the instructions in front of you. Yeah. And the only thing you have to do is worry about where that next piece yeah. goes. And it's actually super therapeutic to me. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy that. And so even um, around Christmas time, we have a staff gift. And yeah. the, the staff is allowed to, you know, buy something yeah. or an experience. They say, if you want to mm-hmm. go to a sports game, go to a sports game. If you want to go to a concert, mm-hmm. um, I've used mine on a Lego set. I just oh, sit there quietly and just enjoy that for a couple hours. Yeah. Well, why so. has adult coloring taken off so much? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. a lot of girls love to color when we were little and now you can color as an adult. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's about what refreshes you so that you can continue with your responsibilities, your obligations, your commitments. Mm-hmm. It's been fun in our house as um, our kids have gone through high school and now are in university and they're trying to figure out how do you manage that particular time that comes up several times a year with midterms and exams. And it's absolutely stressful and difficult. And yet Ava has found that taking Sundays off has refreshed her so that she can study better on Mondays. Yeah. Mm. And mm. Mark does that in tax season. He always takes Sunday off. No matter how busy it is mm-hmm. in tax season, he mm-hmm. takes Sunday off as a discipline. No emails, no phone calls, just other things. Mm-hmm. And then he is more refreshed on Monday. Yeah, yeah. I, my rule in college was I'm never doing home. Like once uh, I was finished class on a Friday, I would not do any homework until Sunday night. Okay. That was my nice. thing is you know, Friday night, it's all me. Saturday, all me. Sunday, you know, you're worshiping and then I'd serve um, at a Sunday night service. And then after that, you know, it'd be nine o'clock. Then I could start preparing for the next week. Now, if there was something, a massive assignment research paper, um, maybe I would spend my Friday night in the library. Yeah, sure. But that was a thing where, okay, I have to prioritize that. Yeah. Yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. Right. Trying to look at yourself and figure out what refreshes me so that I can do a better job at the things I've committed to. Yeah. But Mm. you have to do that because your bodies are limited. Your Mm. mind is limited. It only can take so much before it just goes kaput. Yeah. And (laughs) and the whole thing, too, I think the biggest lie is people, uh, I don't know why they still do this, you know, pulling an all-nighter to do an assignment. Oh, try that. Because your quality of work goes just down the toilet. You (laughs) don't, like, that's my thing is, you know, I'd rather go to, what I would do is um, I would say, okay, I know that my work just gets really bad after 11 o'clock. Yeah. So maybe 10 or 11, I would stop. I would you'd do the Netflix thing, go to bed. If I yeah. had to wake up at 6 a.m. Yeah. And finish, continue on there. Cause at least you have some sleep and you're somewhat refreshed rather than 
just staying up all night. And then that's going to harm me for the next day and the rest of the day. Well, and I would say this, you might not like this. You guys can poke into this, <laughs> but I say that's a little bit of a step of maturity. Mm. I think mm-hmm. we have to recognize that our bodies need sleep. They need exercise. They need good food. And so you can't just mm-hmm. stay up all night and eat crap food and drink coffee and expect to do a really good job at your job or your work or your school or whatever. And so I think maturely we go, ah, actually I need rest. And I mm-hmm. actually should cut it down right now and I should stop. Mm-hmm. But that that's an immature person just goes for it and mm-hmm. does whatever and doesn't think about the consequences and think about the long term. Mm-hmm. Paul, you look like you're reading an uh, article yeah, there. No, I'm just reading um, the New City Catechism talks about the fourth commandment, which is keep the Sabbath. And so it says, what does God require for the fourth commandment? That on the Sabbath day, we spend time in public and private worship of God, rest from routine employment which I think is mainly what we're talking about here. If you're a student, your routine employment is studying and doing papers and blah, 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 blah. And you need rest from that. And, or if, if, it's, if it's working, uh, whatever your job is, like take, take a day where you don't, mm-hmm. like, like Thaley was saying, how Mark didn't answer emails or do taxes, even during the busiest time of the year. Yep. That's fantastic. And that's, that is needed. Um, it says, so rest from routine employment, serve the Lord and others. And then this last part is beautiful. And so anticipate the eternal Sabbath, Yeah, mm. Mm. which is something that I think a lot of us, um, don't do. We like, if you think, we think that we're, we're, uh, missing out, right. Fear of missing out that yeah. whole FOMO, FOMO thing mm-hmm. that, that I know that the youth department has been talking about over the last couple of years and a number of times. But um, that whole idea that um, if I don't do this, if I, I need to stay busy, I need to do this because, oh, I've got to get that. I've got to keep that, all these relationships just right. Or I've got to get that, I've got to get the highest mark possible in that class. So I just have to, have to you know, study my butt off in order to make that happen. And it's just like, you know what? You aren't going to miss out. Like, it's okay if you get uh, a 90 instead of a 95 mm-hmm. on your yeah. grade. And it's okay if, if you say no to your friends once in a while. And it's okay if you don't earn that extra mm-hmm. hundred bucks that you'd make if you work that extra shift on the Sunday or whatever it is. Um, because there is that rest that reminds you that eternally there won't be that worry of busyness. There won't be that worry of of missing out because you will have inherited the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. You're a co-heir with Christ. Mm. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. And please don't hear that Sabbath has to be Sunday. Because yeah. in depending on your schedule, it might need to change. Like if you're a shift worker or if you always work on Sunday because you're in retail, it can be a different day. I am on duty on Saturday night, so my Sabbath tends to be Saturday night to Sunday early evening. And then I go like crazy Sunday evening, getting ready for Monday mm-hmm. laundry. And, you know, it used to be lunches for kids mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff like that. So my Sabbath had to move a little bit. So your Sabbath might need to be different and it might not need to be the same day every week either, depending on what you've got yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what would you say to those who, um, this kind of getting into a little bit of, you know, maybe vacation, but also Sabbathing well, what would you say to those who would feel guilty about this particular activity I want to do is going to cost me money? Mm. And feeling like spending money to relax or rest uh, is a, you know, you might think, well, that's an irresponsible use of my money. How would you counsel because, that? Is that because they think that it's holier to not spend money and to keep your money in the bank? Like, is that sure. that? 
That yeah, kind of or thinking. because you know what, you're supposed to spend only, only use your money wisely and don't squander oh, yeah. it before God. Right. Right. Well, and yeah, what is your motivation in how you spend your money? Um, you can frivolously waste money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done it. Um, a lot of people do it. We're people. We make mistakes. Yeah, and um, you can you can do that, but you can also err on the other side where you are greedy and stingy and holding on so tightly to your money that um, that your money actually consumes. So money can consume your heart on both ends mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. terms of greed or in terms of what it would be license, right? Legalism or license. Mm-hmm. What are you going to, what are you doing with it? Yeah. And if your heart in it is, is this thing of, of Sabbath and, and rest, and you have this idea that you're, you are actually worshiping God when you're resting, even no matter what you're doing, you don't have to have your, your head bowed and your hands folded to be worshiping or, or to be sitting in the worship center or center court or West court or whatever, to be worshiping you, all of your life is worship of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything in creation belongs to God. Everything in be- creation belongs to Jesus. So when you take some money, for instance, like my kids would love to go to Disneyland again this year, and we'd love to be able to save some money for that. And so we're we're looking at is this going to be possible? And uh, it might be possible by the end of summer or something like that to to take our kids on a on a road trip down to California or whatever. But we have to be wise about our money and go, okay, so we've got these costs that we've got and we gotta prioritize things. Mm-hmm. And is it wrong to take them to Disneyland? I sure don't think so. Yeah. Because it is a way of having that rest, that time of family unity and bonding and um enjoying another part of God's creation as you drive down the I five and <laughs> Uh, even though it gets really boring through part of California there, but, <laughs> but you know, it's, you can, yeah, vacation shouldn't be seen as, as a frivolous waste of money. Mm-hmm. Although if it's taking away from the necessities of life, such as the need that you have to actually put groceries on the table and pay your rent, um, yeah, you, there's things that need to be taken care of for your family or for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that you may need to make sure those things are being taken care of, that you're giving to those who are in need, that you're giving to the church um, before you start thinking about, um, yeah, things that are a little more, mm-hmm. I don't know, frivolous. Tessa, what do you think that? about spending money? Do you spend money to relax? Do you feel guilty about it? Um, I do. I often... <laughs> coffee time. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess my way of spending money to relax would be going for coffee with people, but... I often have that little voice in my head that is like, oh, this isn't responsible and you need to cut back and, and that little guilty voice inside your head. So, um, I don't, yeah, it's hard. Like, I think it is good to examine your motivations and examine your heart. And, um, you know, I have rent and groceries and all the rest of it that needs taking care of. Um, and like Paul said, if you're, if you're making sure that you're giving to the church and, and, using your money wisely and, and being responsible to a degree. Um, so if you're just overspending selfishly and all the time, mm. then something probably needs to be reexamined. But, um, God gives us a lot of freedom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. Like we're to yeah. be good stewards, but we have a lot of freedom in, in what that looks like. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you're just like, for instance, if yeah. you're, if you're going out and just buying things and kind of collecting mm. them and never using them, 
that's not yeah. that's not being a good steward of what he's given you. Mm-hmm. I had kind Go of ahead. a new thought in the fall. Mark and I went to a really amazing craft sale in um, Vancouver, a Christmas craft sale, and it was incredibly amazing crafts, like the best craftsmanship of every kind of thing you can possibly think of. Mm. And I thought, wow, is this would this be greedy to buy something here? And then I started thinking, yeah, but if everybody keeps their money in their pocket or in their bank and doesn't spend, then we're not actually helping others either. So sometimes right. I think it can help others if we spend money either on somebody's craft or in support mm-hmm. of their mission trip, or we go and spend coffee at a shop so they can keep running their business. Like, I think we also need to think that our money is helpful to others mm. and how we use it can be a good thing. Yeah. It's not wholly only to keep it in your wallet or in your bank account. Yeah. You can use it in a generous way to help others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, even so, like, that's a good, a good point in terms of how you spend or where you spend. You can support local businesses mm-hmm. and local um uh, like local farmers or local mm-hmm. people that make things here locally by buying from them. Yeah, you might have yeah. to spend a little more than you do if you go to Walmart and buy the the whatever that's made in China or Taiwan or whatever. But you're actually supporting somebody right here. Yeah. And you're actually building into your community, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that thought. And um, something else I was just thinking of is like we often have that little that little guilty voice, but then after like for example for me you know if I'm going for coffee yet again and I feel really bad about it but afterwards I think you know I got to spend quality time with a friend who and we had such an edifying conversation and I had the money for that coffee and I walked away feeling encouraged or challenged or what and that I kind of do that little yeah. mental shift and mm-hmm. then you can be grateful for it and, yeah. and enjoy that. We can feel guilty a lot, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. God loves us. He knows us mm-hmm. and he's so merciful to forgive us when we make mistakes. And he just says, well, let's just keep learning and growing and you will yeah. make mistakes. There are times mm-hmm. when we spend badly mm-hmm. and there's times we spend well and there's times that we use our time badly mm-hmm. and times we use it well. And that's just part of being a person. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. loves you. He'll forgive us when we make mistakes. Let's just keep walking with him and learning and growing and saying, well, I won't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. And listening, do it this way. And listen to the wise counsel of those around you, yeah. too, yeah. that you respect, Amen. who would say, hey, yeah. maybe that isn't the best way to spend your time or your money. Right, and, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because God will use that to grow you and, mm-hmm. and change you. That's one of the cool mm-hmm. things about being in a community. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Being plugged yeah. in a church, being yeah. plugged in at young adults, is mm-hmm. you can have people speak into your lives and yeah. be open to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think is especially important for young adults. We have so much opportunity to learn from people and glean wisdom, and we shouldn't pass that up. I think it's really mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's cool. Well, guys, I think we've done um, a good uh, little circle of this. Just to end off, do you have any resources that you'd recommend? Mm. Mm-hmm. I did. There's one book that I really would recommend. It's by Kevin DeYoung. It's called Crazy Busy and talks about some of the same topics we talked about today. And it's short. Yeah, short, easy to read. It's like 100 pages. Yeah, anyone, mm-hmm. I would say grade 10, 11 and up can read it and gain a lot of good things from it. That's awesome. And is it in the uh, the church library? Should be, yes. Okay. And you can easily get it through Kindle or on your iPad or whatever. I'm Amazon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. There's another one called by John Piper called Don't Waste Your Life. Mm. She's good about prioritizing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. This has been an awesome time. Yeah. And uh, hopefully this is helpful to the listeners. Yeah, we hope so. Hopefully, if you're still listening to this. You have a few young adult podcasts up now, don't you? Or you're getting a few. We do, yeah. So now we have have all our old talks from the Colossians series. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be posting all of the... uh, 
the, the future sermons. Nice. As well as uh, a couple other things here and there. So Nice. Yeah. I heard some young adults raving about that because they can't come every time because of, you know, work and school yeah. and whatever else. But to have them online is such a gift to them. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's also a gift to those who are involved, like me, because it holds you accountable to what you've said. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. We will see you another next, time. Next, next time. time.